Hi, guys. You're listening to Terrifying Travels, the podcast where two girls will discuss a true crime story and a paranormal story in a new city every week. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Maddie. And today we're starting our journey where we normally end our journey. We're going home so you guys can get to know us for a bit. Maddie, would you like to tell me where you're from? I am from the small town of Nesbitt, Mississippi. So not much to do there, but um, about 45 minutes outside of Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. So Sabrina, what about you? I am from probably the even smaller island of Nevis in St. Kitts and Nevis, right in the middle of the Caribbean. We're about 45 minutes from St. Martin, which people actually know sometimes. <laughs> even, there we go. Even less to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So that's where we're going. And yeah. we're going to be matching a drink today to match our hometowns. Maddie, what are you drinking? Uh, today I am drinking water right now, but, uh, Mississippi has really good water because we're on an aquifer. So, like, Mississippi tap water is, like, pretty good. Um, (laughs) but if you wanted an alcoholic option, you can absolutely, uh, get yourself a Mississippi mudslide. Delicious, delicious little drink. It's good. (laughs) I bet. My mother loved mudslides. That was actually my sister first alcoholic drink when she was like three she reached over drank mom's yummy chocolate <laughs> drink and went mm, yummy oh <laughs> oh. oh my gosh oh, yeah no. we all know that but apparently they're delicious yes they're so well, good i am not drinking alcohol either i did consider you know we've got some really good tap water at home too canadian tap water just isn't the same <laughs> i was gonna drink a killer bait where Sunshine's restaurant on the beach is famous for its killer bee, but it required half a cup of rum, and I just didn't feel like doing that at 8.30. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like 8.30 in the morning for you right now. Yes, so I just, a little bit of alcohol would have been fine, but half a cup of rum at 8.30 didn't sound right. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually doing a Christmas drink. I'm doing a Christmas Ooh. drink called Sorrel, it comes from a flower. My dad has the ability to make it from a flower, but not in Canada. So, so you can get a syrup instead that you just mix with water. And it does the same thing. Mm-hmm. However, the sorrel drink I'm drinking right now is mixed with ginger, and the ginger is actually stronger than the sorrel. Ooh. So I'm kind of okay. torn on whether. I mean, my stomach loves it because I love ginger, but it's stronger than I anticipated. Oh. I'm also drinking coffee and water, too. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> good, good, good. Okay, and then I thought it'd be fun to discuss some weird facts and laws of our places. However, in the future, we're going to be doing a Mississippi episode because it's yes bigger. You guys might have some more interesting things. So I will cover Mississippi laws and facts then. So I thought I'd discuss just St. Kitts and Nevis. Yeah. So let's see what we have. We have St. Kitts. Sankets and Nevis shares maritime borders with Antigua and Barbuda, obviously. St. Martin, Venezuela, Montserrat, and St. Bart's. I was actually surprised we shared it with Venezuela because Venezuela is so far away. Yeah, that's interesting. 
but I guess that's there's nothing between the two of us, so of course our borders, our water borders, would touch. Yeah. We are the smallest sovereign state in the Americas, in both area and population. We really are tiny. Oh. Hmm. There are smaller countries, however, they belong to, they still belong to their territory, to like Holland and France. Hmm. Yeah. So for independent countries, we are the tiniest. Oh. I really like this one. We were once, St. Kitts was both once French and English at the same time, kind of like St. Martin, except the French chose the middle and the British chose the two ends, which didn't make sense to me. Oh. Because huh. inevitably the French just turned and ate up the middle, or the English just turned and ate up the middle. I don't know if that's actually how that happened, but that's how I. <laughs> I mean, I mean that makes sense. That's huh, weird. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know why they they wouldn't just split the island in half properly, but yeah, yeah, they were like an Oreo. Mm. <laughs> that's exactly how they're taught that in history class. Like Oreo. A colonizer or Oreo. Colonizer yep, yep, yep. Actually, not, <laughs> we were taught food though, because our island, St. Kitts, is shaped like a drumstick, and oh. Nevis is shaped like a ball. I don't know why we mixed food with a ball, <laughs> but at some, sometimes St. Kitts was called a bat, but sometimes it was called a drumstick, but Nevis was always a ball. Oh, bat and ball. Bat and ball, yep. Oh, or, okay. If you're Casper, my student, he was determined it was some kind of meat. He couldn't remember the word chicken and a tomato. <laughs> hey, chicken tomatoes really good together. Yeah, that's what he thought. And you know what? If a five-year-old tells you it and he likes to be called Professor Casper, you'll listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then our fourth fact, Brimstone Hill Fortress, which we will be discussing a little bit later, is a UNESCO World Heritage site and is one of the best preserved historical forts in the Americas and I've oh. been to only three historical forts in the Americas a Spanish a French and our English one and it is quite good oh that's exciting I love UNESCO sites yeah well, we've been to a handful of them actually for the for a future episode that I will not give away yet I do want to see <laughs> how many of them went to in that city Yep, 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 yep. Anyone who knows us would be able to figure out which city <laughs> we lived in together. <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and St. Kitts was originally named La Amiga. La Yes, I said that right, right, but it felt really weird for some reason. La Amiga <laughs> by the Caribbeans who originally were there. And the main mountain on the island is still referred to as La Amiga. Nevis's pre-Columbian name was Owali. Uh, which we have a beach named Wally, which is actually the cup I'm drinking out of is our Nevis Blues Festival cup, which was hosted at the Wally Beach. Oh, wow. Nice. And here's my least favorite fact. Nevis Uh-oh. claims to have as many monkeys as people. That might have actually doubled lately. Since we have no predators, they have no predators on the island. I like how I oh. me because I'm pretty sure monkeys are our predators. I hate them. <laughs> because... They have no predators on the island, aside from us. They've actually grown, like, they've evolved to be these massive evil beings. Yeah. They 
They will steal anything you leave on the table, mm-hmm. occasionally including a dog. <laughs> um, a dog? Actually, a big dog or a small dog? Not a joke. It's dead serious. They, they'll put up a fight. <laughs> uh, apparently, actually, one of our dogs used to kill them. And I know there's someone out there who's going, aww. And I'm just so thankful. Good job, honey. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't mess with monkeys. Only- I don't mess with monkeys, man. No, they're... I mean, like, everyone thinks I'm thinking about the cute little ooh-ah-ah ones. And I'm like, no, these things, they've got... Claws, they've got teeth bigger than mine. Nope. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the French brought them in the 17th century and they were like, ooh, these would be cool pets. And now we still have to them. Oh, I hate that. Ah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Merci, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think this one you'll feel. Nevis is the birthplace of Alexander Hamilton. Alexander Hamilton. And, <laughs> yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. really? I've actually. My mom used to host a. My parents had a organization there, and they would have a fish store that we kept at the basement of the Alexander Hamilton house where he was born. Oh. So I spent a lot of time in Alexander Hamilton's basement. Interesting. Oh. Yes. Okay. Oh, a favorite. We have officially 44 different types of mangoes grown on the island. Wait, the, what, uh, wait, like heard there's 44 different types of mangoes? Yeah, like different species. It's not the right word. Types. What? I cannot name them all. <laughs> I wasn't going to ask you to. I'm just blown away that there's 44 different variations of mangoes. Oh, there's there's more than that? Because when I was in China, the mangoes we got there were different as well. Oh, that is true. That's true. But I know um, at home, like, they can mix them. So, like, you'll you'll cut a mango tree and kind of, like, put a new mango tree on top of it. That's all oh, yep. That's not how it's done. No, splicing. Yeah, you can that's kind of literally it how it's it. done. Yeah. 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 The way I made it, I just don't chop the tree in half. I would just be like, oh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like uh, apples. There's like 200 different types of apples. Like apples. That's crazy. Like, yeah, it's crazy. There's green ones and there's red ones. <laughs> exactly. There's red, green, sometimes yellow, sometimes pink. That's it. No more apples. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, we had uh, at least four different types in our yard at one time. Probably more, oh. but that's all I remember. Oh. Yeah, I ate a <laughs> lot of mangoes growing up. <laughs> oh, we also mango. have the three, uh, th- our three main types of turtles are hawksbills, leatherback, and green turtles, which are some of the world's most endangered species. Oh. I, okay. I have personally swam into one and bumped my head on it. It was unpleasant. <laughs> we, we both just kind of sat up and looked at each other like, what are you doing? He was close Aww. to the beach. I wasn't expecting him there. True. true okay. True. Ah, here's a good one. 
Christopher Columbus, this is my proof. When people talk about Christopher Columbus being a moron, this is my proof. They landed on Nevis. It's hot as hell. They're all taking off their clothes. But he looked up at the mountain and was like, wow, that mountain is covered in snow. I'm going to name this island Snow. Oh, my God. It's just Nevis in Spanish. It was a cloud. And I just can't imagine your men are like, damn, it's really hot. Snow. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. And then he named St. Kitts after himself. It's St. Christopher, but we just call it St. Kitts. Oh, interesting. Yeah, super creative. Yes. Super creative. And then, okay, we've got a couple that are actually good. Um, okay. Sorry, not to negate everything I just said. Uh, number 12, we have an Anglican church that my mother cannot remember the name of that boasts a very rare black Jesus. Oh, good. Possibly only one of 10 in the Caribbean. Oh. I yeah. have not seen it as, since I was a child, though, because they now have to lock, the, even church get churches get robbed, so they have to lock the doors. Oh, God. <laughs> so your options are to sit through a mass, which I don't necessarily want to do all the time. Or not see it. So I haven't seen it in a very long time. Uh, I see. I see. We also have the first hotel in the Caribbean. Bath Hotel was the first hotel in the Caribbean. And possibly the first golf course. Mm. Yes, Morgan wants to come in as well. And then my favorite. Inevitably, I will be marrying myself here. Cottle Church was the first church on the island and first possibly the first church in the Caribbean where anyone including slaves could worship together. Oh. oh. So it's a it's a very pretty it's actually one of the few historical sites that are they're trying to actually preserve. Um it's quite pretty there. Mm. Pictures will be posted and everything. Yes, and then yes, yes. we have we have, to get between the two islands, we do have small ferries that you could take across, which I absolutely love. I took one to school. Or further down on the, at the other side of the island between the Narrows, we have an old warship that'll carry cars across. And oh. if there's a hurricane and the police car gets you there in time and you're in uniform, Mr. Jones will let you ride for free. <laughs> <laughs> that has happened more than once. Oh my goodness. Okay, we've only got two really weird laws. Um, no camouflage at all. It's viewed as impersonating a police officer, even if it's bright pink camouflage. You will be told to take it off immediately. Oh. Okay. And if it's your clothing, I don't know what you're going to do, but you better take it off. <laughs> the second one is probably one of our more famous, lo famous laws. No swearing in public. Even if you are 50 Cent and you're performing at the music festival, you'll be arrested right after. Really? <laughs> yep. Wow. And DMX, apparently, I saw that recently. DMX was apparently arrested for it as well back in, like, 2005. But that was forgotten really? about. Really? Wow. 50 Cent was, was quite recently. Uh, not even 10 years ago it happened. Oh, Wow. Yep, he got a, they, I actually, there's a video of him, might be with Jimmy Fallon, and he's like, yeah, they got off, the, I got off the stage, and they were like, we're sorry, we have to arrest you, and he's like, what the fuck for, and he's like, that, that is why. Oh. Okay. 
Interesting. Okay, so that's it then. That is the interesting parts of my island. Yay! And Morgan has joined me as well, but currently he is being quiet, so I'll let him stay. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay, so would you like to tell me about your story then? Yes, let's hop into it. So um, I am from the state of Mississippi. And when you enter the state of Mississippi, you get this big, huge sign that says, Welcome to Mississippi, birthplace of America's music. And that is so true. Um, the musical style, known as the blues, started in Mississippi af after the Civil War. It was inspired by songs sung by slaves as they worked in the fields, as well as African spirituals, which are religious songs. So Mississippi was kind of this melting pot of just blues and rock and roll and country, and it has a huge musical heritage. You have um, no idea how happy I am you're covering this. Yes, I'm so excited. Yes, 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 yes. I know that you, I think, have been on the Mississippi Blues Trail. I have. I did the whole pilgrimage from uh, Memphis to Tupelo to Clarksdale. Yes, 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 yes. So you, you probably know a little more than I do, because even living there, I haven't been to any of these trails to any of these museums, but like there's so many musical hotspots like the Grammy Museum, the Delta Blues Museum, the BB King Museum, Old Miss Blues Archive, the Lewis Ranch, home of Jerry Lee Lewis, and Elvis Presley's birthplace, Tupelo, Mississippi. And I haven't been to like any of these, so you probably know more well, about like this I than said, I do. You're, you're good drinking that water. There must be something in that water because you guys produced so much music. There's got to be so something happening music. there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's just like. I, I feel like it's just because there's nothing else to do. So <laughs> No, just... my dad said that too. <laughs> there's nothing else to do here. So you, everyone just makes music or they make the Muppets, which Jim Henson is from Mississippi. Yes. So yes. <laughs> no, my dad make said music that. or puppets. My dad's from the East Coast with Small Island as well. And he says, honestly, it's very similar. Um, and I hope nobody takes offense to this, but there's very little to do and everyone's poor. So everyone just gets together and starts making music. Yep, exactly. Or at least exactly. one time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I thought that this episode should be centered around the musical culture of Mississippi. And I think I have just the case, which is the mysterious deaths of two of Jerry Lee Lewis's wives. And we're going to be covering Jerry Lee Lewis in general as well. Um, he passed away earlier this year in October. So rest in peace. I think he um, passed away in the most Jerry Lee Lewis style possible as well. Like, really? He, that, yeah. Did you see that? They announced that he was dead. And I called my mom and I'm crying. I'm like, Jerry Lewis is dead. And then I go over for dinner and dad's like, no, he's fine. And then two days later, oh. he died again, basically. And like, yeah, that yeah. man was always in the, well, you know, I'm assuming you're going to cover why he was really in the newspaper. He married his 13-year-old cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so yes, yes. Why not? The very last day, he's still making headlines. I love it. Yep, yep. 
Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So let's jump into it. Let's get into it. So even if you don't know the name of Jerry Lee Lewis, you probably know his music. Known for the songs Great Balls of Fire and a whole lot of shaking going on, Jerry Lee Lewis is considered a huge rock and roll star, considered to be a rival to Elvis at the time. Now, Jerry was born in 1935, grew up in Louisiana, and taught himself how to play the piano. He began playing at the age of nine and had his first gig at the age of 14. After his first gig, he gave up going to school to just focus on music. Uh, he made some recordings in 1952 and signed on with Sun Records in 1956 in Memphis, Tennessee, where he recorded the hit Whole Lot of Shaking Going On. His other hits, like Great Balls of Fire and Breathless, followed after that, and Jerry was on the trail to be a rock and roll sensation. He earned the nickname The Killer for his wonderful and erratic piano playing style, as he would often stand up and dance and play, and sometimes even let the piano on fire. Now, Jerry was a great musician, but he was not a great husband. Jerry was married seven times. Seven times. So, and I can't even get one. I know. <laughs> I'm just like, what? <clears throat> so, let's talk about them. Jerry had two marriages between 1952 and 1957. His first marriage was when he was 16 and only lasted about 20 months. Um, nothing of note with that one. In 1953, he was married married again, just 23 days before his first divorce was final. Um, but he filed for divorce in his second marriage four years later in 1957. He had two children from his second marriage, although unfortunately one of his sons died in 1973 in a car accident. And now we get to his third marriage where things get very, very interesting. Now, again, Jerry had a budding rock and roll career at this time, um, but it really began to falter when he married his first, his, but it really began to falter when he married his third wife, Myra Gail Brown, in 1957. Myra was 13 at the time as Jerry was 22, which is yep. like, uh, uh, mm. I and remember learning about this and being uncomfortable mm -hmm. by the song Great Balls of Fire, because in my head, I just saw him singing it to her. And then I watched the I movie, know. and he is, in fact, singing it to her, and now I can't yes. listen to that song. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, mm. And to top it off, they were cousins, and not like second cousins or third cousins, first cousins. First cousins. Uh, mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> they were married in Hernando, Mississippi, which is like 20 minutes from my house. Like, I'm pretty sure I could go to the church where they got married. Um, and so the controversy started when Jerry went on, went on tour in 1958, and Myra, of course, went with him. She told a reporter on the tour that she was Jerry's wife. Um, which was not publicly announced yet. Uh, but 
Jerry then tried to cover it up, saying that Myra was 15, which That's I don't know so how that better. makes it better, <laughs> and that they were married for two months. But Myra was actually 13 at the time and married for five months. So this scandal caused a big uproar, and many dates on the tour were canceled. Uh, once the media found out that they were cousins, it basically destroyed his rock and roll career at that moment. Like, yeah, I, I think England really did not take him. Yes, 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 yes. Like, I, I remember reading that he was in a country, and the news broke, and the country was like, you gotta leave. Like, yeah, whether it was like England or France or something like that. Um, and so now we enter the 1970s. And in the 1970s, Jerry had a lot of problems, uh, drug addiction, alcoholism and infidelity. Uh, Myra, him and Myra are still married, but she filed for divorce on the grounds of adultery and abuse, saying that she was subject to every type of mental and physical abuse imaginable, quote. Um, their divorce was finalized in December of 1970. They had two children together. Uh, unfortunately, one of their children, a little boy, died at the age of three in a drowning accident. Um, so already two child deaths. It's a little... Mm, but... I think he had a brother die as well young. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. But, I mean, it's the 70s. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, Myra still went on to help Jerry later on in his life as she co-wrote his book *Great Balls of Fire: The Uncensored Story of Jerry Lee Lewis*. Um, Was anything after- censored ever? <laughs> True. Um, but then in 2016, Myra published her own book called *The Spark That Survived*, and it really details her marriage with Jerry Lee Lewis and going through the abuse and like everything that happened to her. So, um, if you want to read like a really uplifting survivor story, pick up that book. It's really good. Um, all right, now. We're on to this fourth marriage, and it starts to get a little more mysterious. Um, Jerry married Jaron Elizabeth Gunn Pate in 1971, who was a secretary for the Memphis Police Department at the time. And this marriage was kind of doomed from the start. Jerry claimed that he only married her because she was pregnant. But then later on, he went on to deny that the child was his when the child was born. So, like, you can't have it both ways. (laughs) Like, what, (laughs) you know? Um, Yep. Yeah. Anyways, the couple lived in separate houses for 11 years of their marriage, Jaron living in Collierville, Tennessee. Uh, Based on court recordings, the couple didn't see each other often, and when they did see each other, it often ended in violence, such as screaming matches and just a whole lot of violence and abuse. As the relationship continued, uh, Jerry decided to stop paying for Jaren and her child. Uh, Jaren tried to apply for separate maintenance, but ended up filing for divorce instead. Uh, they entered into a lawsuit in 1979, uh, Jaren seeking out child support and accusing Jerry of mistreatment, while Jerry claiming that Jaren was the one treating him inhumanely and cruelly. 
which ugh. Um, but Jaren yeah. countered sued. Uh, Jaren countered sued, side, citing Jerry's adultery, habitual drunkenness, and drug drug use. Now the divorce proceedings were set to be finalized in June of 1982. And on June 9th of 1982, Jaron was found dead in the swimming pool at a friend's house. Yeah. Yeah. It was reported that she had been sunbathing by the pool, <clears throat> but no one knows what happened leading up to her death. And the coroner noted that her death was accidental. Now, 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 now. Yes, this <laughs> could be a coincidence. Totally could just be an accidental drowning. But many, many people are suspicious about Jaren's death because of Jerry's nickname, The Killer. The Killer. Yeah. So many people wonder if Jerry had anything to do with their death. And also, I read that the day she died was a week before she was to get her first check from Jerry for child support. Yep. That went on yeah. raise suspicion. Right. There's like a lot of just consequential evidence and everything surrounding this. So um, at the moment, her death is ruled as an accidental drowning and the case is closed. So unfortunately, we're not going to know if anything actually did happen. Um, but it's very mysterious for sure. Now, did you say you're covering another wife as well? I am. I have his fifth that's, wife. That's what I thought. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So um, at this point in Jerry's career, he was making a country comeback, getting into the country music scene, but not truly losing his rock and roll roots, kind of going for a rockabilly vibe a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Jerry was also known to have a drug and alcohol addiction at this time. In 1981, Jerry had surgery in the hospital on his stomach, where he had a two-inch stomach tear because it was so damaged from the drugs and alcohol. Um, Jeez. Yeah. Ooh, dude went hard. <laughs> like, yeah, well, they, they, I think they all did at one time. They all did, yeah. Um, but he was still performing and still living his life as a rock star. And this is where he met his fifth wife, Sean Michelle. In the hospital. And not in the hospital, no. <laughs> okay, just that time. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, just at the time. This is I just imagine met. waking up from a coma from having your stomach <laughs> pitched up like, hey babe, how you doing? Hey, what's up, baby? You wanna rock and roll? <laughs> or By the way, I need help walk into the bathroom, but wanna hit a data? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 not at the hospital, but just at this time in this year, okay, he met gotcha. his fifth wife, yeah, Sean Michelle, and her death was actually what led me to kind of look into Jerry Lee Lewis and his wives a little more. Um, so let's talk about it. So Jerry and Sean were at a club in Garden City, Michigan, 
1983, when Sean was 25 and Jerry was 45. Which again, is just what? At least she's <laughs> legal, though. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, there, there was a quote from Sean that was like, yeah, mama, he's about your age. As she's like talking to her mom. And I'm like, I cannot even <clears throat> imagine that, you know? Just See, like, I, uh, I wouldn't have too much of an issue with it if this wasn't his fifth wife, though. Right. It's his fifth wife. And it's just gross. That really, definitely really means, gross. girl, there's something wrong. Walk away. Yeah. It's like, run, girl. That's run. at least five red flags. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Sean was a waitress at a club and really well-loved by her community. Uh, they all called her Little Buzz because of her happy personality and, of course, being a little buzzed on the job. Um, <laughs> but she I wasn't was just... expecting you to go there. I was going to go with, oh, let me guess. She lights up the room when she walks in. Uh, well, that, yes. But oh, no. also that. Um, they were married in June 1983. It was a short-lived marriage, only 77 days, which I think is shorter than the Kardashian marriage, yeah. right? Someone yes. between Perry and Kim Kardashian, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was a short-lived marriage, only 77 days, as Sean was found dead in a bedroom at the Lewis Ranch in Nesbitt, Mississippi in August 1983. And that Lewis Ranch is a 10-minute walk from my house. So I, I can't wait to visit. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So the cause of death was said to be a pulmonary, in pulmonary edema due to undetermined causes. Quote, um, a pulmonary edema is a buildup of fluid in the lungs. Um but so um, well on land basically right yeah it's a little weird um there was also bruises all up and down her arms and little stains of dried blood on her hands uh hinting that there was possibly a struggle um but authorities seemed to dismiss all that and ruled that she possibly overdosed on sleeping pills okay uh, Jerry's uh, manager at the time released a statement that because everyone in Sean's life who like knew her knew that she didn't do drugs like at all like maybe she would hit like a joint every now and again but she didn't do like hard drugs like Jerry did and that she also didn't take any medication but then Jerry's manager came forward and said well sean was going on tour and when you're on tour you sleep when you can so of course you take sleeping pills so maybe she just overdosed on sleeping pills so it's a little suspicious it's a little strange and another reason why her death is a little strange is that there's a huge lack of newspapers that reported on this I could only find two publications from 1983. An article from the United well, Press I was gonna International. Ask, yeah, go ahead. Is Jerry, or was, I guess, was Jerry Lewis possibly, I don't know, the wealthiest man in town? You probably. I mean, it's Nesbitt. No one lives there. I would not be surprised. And, like, 
the Rolling Stones, the the magazine, put out a 10-page article yep. about this. And it's kind of the only article from that time. And it's a it's really well written. And they kind of talk about the police corruption, about how it was all supposed to be very hush-hush, like how they didn't want to release it to the public, how like um Jerry was really friendly with like the officers and the policemen and stuff because obviously he's like a superstar so like yeah just keeping it all hush 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 and stuff um but i also have to say that that rolling stones article isn't the most reliable just because the things that the journalist wrote about couldn't be proven in like an autopsy or like in an investigation um so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a mixed bag but also i find that rolling stones article really funny because they write down the southern accent like whenever they're talking to someone from mississippi i think they listened to it on a podcast yeah i don't think they did that but the uh, article yeah, yeah, yeah. They like write down the southern accent. So it's really funny. But um yeah, it it was kind of hard to find information about what exactly happened besides that it's a pulmonary edema due to undetermined causes. But I mean, bruises on the arm, dried blood on her hands. It's it's a little suspicious. It's a little sus and even in the other article i found because i found two and the other article i found that was from united press international um the description was really brief and then just talked about lewis's lives and troubles past troubles with the law and so just very little information in general which makes me believe that it was covered up very quickly um yeah very quickly very quietly so um unfortunately it's a closed case so we'll never really know the truth behind her death uh but luckily this case is resurfacing on true crime subreddits and true crime facebook pages so hopefully sean will continue to be remembered um as the bubbly little buzz that she is um so yeah um after that They, again, had two more marriages, and they were pretty uneventful. The sixth one to... The sixth one... (laughs) The sixth one ended in divorce. And his last marriage um, to Judith Lewis, who was Myra's brother's ex-wife. So So his first wife's brother's ex-wife. Cousin's ex-wife. Cousins, but yeah, cousins, ex wife, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah, her brother would be his cousin as well. Yeah, sure. exactly, exactly. So, um, his last marriage to Judith. And I, I gotta continued. ask a question her as well. How did you not look at that? Huh? Like he's my. How, how did you not look at that? Like there are so many red flags, and you don't. He goes to Christmas dinners. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it's, just too close. Still, yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh it's uh, that's Louisiana for you. <laughs> no, I take it back. I don't need to get married. I don't either. No, not at all. Um, 
So his last marriage continued until his death on October 28th, 2022. He was 87 years old. And while he was a rock and roll star, we have to remember that he was still horrible towards women and had multiple run-ins with the law and was fully convinced that the law did not apply to him. And to quote my college band director, who teaches a history of rock and roll class, he says, sad to hear this great musician icon in the history of rock and roll is gone. As a human, I wish this son of a bitch had died a long time ago. And that's the story of Jerry Lee Lewis and his wives. So it's kind of like, is it which British king divorced, beheaded, died, behorsed, divorced, divorced, beheaded, survived? Yes. It's very Henry VIII. It's very, very Henry VIII. Yeah. Yeah. And now we're. I think he actually had one more life. (laughs) Yeah. Um,. Yeah, yeah that was Jerry true. had one I more life. I remember you were singing that song. <laughs> I love Six the Musical. It's so good. Yep, I know you told like the whole street of Beijing that. Really? Oh. Yep. I don't. I can't even remember. remember. We, I think it was that night we were trying to find KTV. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. But... And then we couldn't find. And yeah. us, so we went home. Oh, yeah. Sad times. Yes, yes, yes. But that's a really, that was a good story. I uh, actually wanted to take music history at the University of Memphis. Oh. But I am not paying American college prices. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I could literally buy a whole library for the same price as one year. Yes. Yes. True, true, true. Yeah, yeah. I so I'm getting a uh, history degree instead. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Oh yeah, but yeah, it's actually finals week right case. now. I'm having a great time. Ah, uh, <laughs> it was a good case. It was a good case. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm ready for you. So are you ready for mine? Yes. Okay. <laughs> But like I said before we started recording, I kind of ruined this case. I broke my own heart, actually. This is my favorite ghost story from when I was a child. Um, I actually went one, one time for my 13th event to the grounds. They was having a little ghost story night. It was 8 o'clock at night, though. Ghosts don't come out at 8 o'clock at night. But I never saw her. <laughs> so... The island itself, we've always just kind of assumed it's covered in ghosts. Mm. Uh, we have a really long history, you know, colonization, slavery, and even, like, long before that, the first people there didn't always get along with people on other islands, so wars were common. Oh. And then we may or may not have a pretty good murder rate as well right now. <laughs> so we just figure there are ghosts everywhere. But yes. culturally, you don't really talk about ghosts. Mm. I've had... I had my Twilight book confiscated as a child. Um, when I was eight, I was given a ghost story book when I was younger, and I wasn't allowed to bring it to school. So we really don't talk about ghosts. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. do. That's why I have no friends. <laughs> I'm your friend. Oh, thank you. Well, look, we had to go make a podcast just so we could talk about ghosts. <laughs> no, no. We talked about ghosts plenty. 
<laughs> oh, we talked about ghosts all the time. All the time. <laughs> I really do hope in the future our cases get easier to research because my case was impossible to research as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. I actually crossed. went and found, like, actual... Yeah. The, histor- the historical society on the island actually had a ton of... Someone went to archive, which is what ruined the story. But for the oh. most part, like, online, I could just find, like tourist travel sites and they were so so bad frankly they just go "Ooh, how spooky no but you didn't tell me what was spooky oh yeah 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 yeah. they went to to one plantation and they were like there was a fog everywhere and it's like there's never fog how did you get fog there (laughs) a mist maybe fog we've never had fog (laughs) so it was really hard yeah really hard but anyway <laughs> this is the story of eden brown right yeah you see everything i'm saying i've been saying my whole life but it just sounded weird today eden brown, <laughs> okay. it's actually one of the only things my parents knew about the island before arriving uh a and did a special about it in the 90s oh um yes okay. so my parents arrived there and they're like where can we go find eden brown and everyone was like no but I hunted it down. So anyway, uh, Eden Brown, the story I was told as a child was it was built by Edward Huggins, which was Julia's father in the 1800s. It was supposed to be a wedding gift. How nice. I wish. (laughs) However, the wedding never happened. Um, The story was, was that her brother and her groom, so John Huggins is her brother, and Walter Maynard got into a wedding. Um, as I got older, I was told it was possibly because Walter was keeping a mistress on the side. Mm. So I gotta give it, yeah, okay, brother, you can totally duel him for that, thank you. However, one or both of them died, we're not quite sure. So, no, Walter died, he was shot. Um, John Huggins was never found, apparently. So we could never tell, you know, some stories had it that he also died. He just kind of wandered away and then succumbed to his wounds. 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 (laughs) Um, Another story was that technically dueling was illegal. Shooting another human might be illegal sometimes. I don't know. Um, (laughs) So he hopped on to England and that's why we never saw him again. But the story is Julia... She is still in mourning for the wedding that never happened. And I guess marrying the man that she never got to marry. He sounded like a great guy, actually. Um, so every full moon, which is when the wedding would have been hosted, because our full moons are so bright, she still comes in her wedding dress and walks up and down the mountains, howling and crying for him. Oh. Move on, girl. See, and I hate this. I've grown up, and now I look at this story, and I'm like, girl. Because apparently she died of old age. She didn't, like, die that night or something. Oh. She died of old age. So the girl just didn't marry again for, what, 30, 40 more years. Oh. And still misses the same guy who was keeping a mistress. Oh. Exactly, exactly. That part was left out when I was a child. The mistress part was left out? Um. Yes, no, I had no idea. The brothers got into a duel. I just assumed that the brother, or the brother and the groom, I just assumed the brother didn't like him for some reason. Mm. 
Interesting. Now that I'm older, obviously, I realize there had to have been a reason the brother didn't like him. Exactly. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, now Julia is apparently walking around still looking for her husband. And I like to think she's still looking for a brother. Oh, that's sweeter. Did she just forget about him? Yeah. Yeah. Her brother was trying to protect her. And so let's do that. Okay. Julia's walking around looking for her brother who was trying to protect her. Yes. Yes. I I like that. That's a sweeter version. So. Okay. But I'm going to completely break it down now. Okay. Like I said, I was hoping to, like, find more to the story. Um, You know, where did the brother go? When did she die? All of that. So when I found the archives, um, it answered a lot of questions. And like I said, it broke my heart. So was the estate really built for Julia? So I forgot. It's called Eden Brown because it's going to the Brown family. But it's also supposed to be, like, their Garden of Eden. But it can't be the Garden of Eden. It was built a hundred years before it was even supposed to given to her. It was actually built in 1740 by James Brown Sr., no relation to James Brown, as a sugar mill. His son took o- his son later took it over, um, but he was too ill to continue, so he left it to his sister after he made a couple upgrades. His sister, Elizabeth White, then sold it to Edward Huggins in 19 or sorry 1797 which is 200 years before yours truly was born what did i just say 1700 years 200 years <laughs> many numbers for a dyslexic person 1797 which is 200 years before i was born mm. edward then continued to build onto the estate building it into a full working plantation once oh. his daughter was at marrying off age Edward decided to deck the estate out in the finest of everything, importing it from around the world to impress the Maynard family, who she was trying to marry into. Um, And this house has been worked on for 100 years, and now he's putting everything he could find into it. It would have been a nice place. Hmm. However, another article I found um, says that it's kind of confusing as to who it actually belonged to before it was given to Edward. Elizabeth White was the sister, or it could have been Anne Hutton, who could have been the same person. We don't really know. Um, or there could have been another person between Edward and Elizabeth, which would have added another person who could be adding on to it. So rather mm. than four people adding their own style, it'd be five people. Um, however, she sold it to. John Huggins, um, it's John Huggins, who was um, Julia's brother. It wasn't until after John Huggins' death that it shows up under his father's name. Oh. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like, it's very confusing. So maybe she gave yeah. it to the brother, and then it was willed to his father. So it's all very confusing. Yeah. Anyway, how did the duel start? Now, this is a good one. Apparently, after a heated argument, Walter, the groom, threw a drink in John's face, as grown men do, I guess, to make up for that embarrassing situation. Mm-hmm. They decided to have a duel. All of this makes absolute sense. Absolute sense. And, and men say and we're the emotional so ones. Way. 
<laughs> and oh, we're totally. called the emotional ones. I shoot my pants. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And think about this though. They were only supposed to cool off by shooting guns in the air. What? <laughs> as, as one does. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, as I can't see does. this bullet Well, my comment here is I guess they just ran in into each other's bullets. <laughs> Seven times. Seven times. Like, how does any of that He ran into my knife seven times. <laughs> oh, my god! That is the second uh, play reference, I think. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, actually, oh, that could, uh, Jerry that could Lewis, be our drinking game. A lot of what I game. said, I learned from the Million Dollar Quartet. How many times do you reference a play? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, two shots at 8 a.m. is good for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But it, it was not good for these two men. These two men mm. did not survive their shots. Oh, no. So now we have the question of who died? Because, like I said, I don't know who died. So apparently everyone and no one survived at the same time. Because, um, like I said, dueling was illegal. So... If one had survived, he probably would have fled. Um, but, and if the groom had survived, why would he come back to Julia's family and be like, hey, so I just killed your brother. Want to continue our marriage? Mm. So that didn't really help figuring out who died and who survived. Yeah. And then what happened to Julia in the end? We still don't know. Depression is one's answer. Um, she lost her brother and her future husband on the same night. Um, I would not be too upset about the future husband, not gonna lie. But I would be pretty broken up about my brother. Right. And, yeah. I'd also be, I'd actually be more upset if I found out my fiancé had a mistress. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Julia spent the rest of her life as a recluse. Mm-hmm. And now this is where I really, I really get, I really get pretty bad about this. Um, We, at this time, would Julia have, would Julia have had actual feelings for this guy? Or was it just a good marriage, good match? Mm. Would that be enough for her to spend the rest of her life depressed? And then her life beyond that, walking around waiting to find her brother? This is more likely a story made up by society about mm. the weird old woman who never got married. Oh yeah, like uh, us, like being a the like don't be a spinster. spinster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. During while she was alive, there was probably kids who were like, "Oh, don't don't grow up like like her. You'll just never get married and be depressed." And then when mm-hmm. she died, they just continued that. that. Yep. 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 However, there. are are absolutely ghosts on that estate. Mm, Now, anyone who grew up in the Caribbean would know the name Edward Huggins. Actually, back to Cottle Church that I brought up earlier, in the back, there is a little gazebo that has a whole write-up about Edward Huggins, who was a extremely bad man. Um, I even remember reading about him in my yeah, I read about him in my history textbooks in high school. He killed a lot of his slaves. 
Um, like he, he actually went on he on trial about or to do with his treatment of his slaves, slaves, slaves. Um, would you like to know the family that first put him to trial? Yeah, the Maynard family. Oh, the family Julia was apparently married to. Oh. Yes. Oh, oh, wait, that's so, that's so spicy, because, like, if they were putting yes. him to trial, maybe he's just like, listen, we can drop this whole thing if you let me marry your daughter or whatever. Yes, well, right. it's, it's his, his, yeah, his daughter was marrying into their family, and right. they were the one who brought him to trial over it. Well, oh. apparently, their son, Walter Maynard, was like, the second crappiest man on the island. <laughs> okay. So it was probably more likely that he was kind of not with the family on that. And so he joined the other family. Oh. Yes. Um, however, um, Julia, this Julia, was not born at the time of her wedding. What? Yeah, no, this Julia is completely made up. Um, from what we could find, if she were to be married at, in 1822, when the marriage, the wedding was supposed to take place, she would have died at the age of 108. Oh. Yes, and she was actually John's niece, not his sister. Oh. Yeah, so this wedding probably was not the site of a duel. There was a duel, but it was not really right. part of this wedding it's like two historical events took place at two different times but they combined them into one story yeah so i'm mm -hmm. thinking there was definitely a woman who was supposed to get married maybe she was left at the altar yeah maybe and then being that the same family had a duel um only in the grand scheme of things only a few years earlier they were like yep this is what happened mm. okay yes Huh. Um, so I found a letter from a guy named Peter Thomas Huggins, same last name as Julia's family. So it was obviously a little biased, but it basically said that a duel did happen and Walter Maynard did kill John Huggins, which is the other way around. So the imaginary groom killed the imaginary brother. Oh. But it was a building issue between the two families that hated each other. And they finally, finally found a reason to point their guns at each other. Julia was not involved at all. And there's a long quote from the letter. I'll include, I'll include a link when we make a website. Yes. <laughs> but, because to be honest, it was written in like that old style, a lot of lists and their shalls. Mm, yeah. Didn't make any sense. But from what I gathered, there was finally a reason. I think, think there was an issue with like, you borrowed my this and you never gave it back. So now we're going to kill each other. Oh. You, it also... Sorry? You, you know, this is sounding a lot like Romeo and Juliet. Like, two families that, like, despise each other. And there's even a Julia in there who's, like, close yes. enough to Juliet. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> well, and then that could just be even more of it, where people were moving things around. Yeah. Um, yeah. It also seems that John lived for a couple days after being shot. Um, oh. Cause Wal and Walter did not stop the duel after the first shots 
um, were fired, which is terrible dueling etiquette. Yes. You're just supposed to fire one shot and then be done with it. I Later, a will Shot. <laughs> Sorry. Is that another reference that I didn't even It's a Hamilton. It's a Hamilton reference. Okay, so we're at three now. I think we're at four, because we mentioned Hamilton earlier. Okay, we're at four now. Thank <laughs> God we're not drinking. I, I already can't speak, and we'd be at four imaginary shots now. Which yes. I guess Walton had as well. He had four imaginary shots, and he was only supposed to have one. <laughs> Oh, However, we do have a potential bride come into the story. So oh. a woman Walter proposed to turned him down because she couldn't marry a murderer. <gasps> so this could be a bra another tie to the wedding. Mm, mm. Which also, like, good for you, girl, having standards. Yes, we don't make murderers too. up in here. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to you. do it, have etiquette. Only shoot the man once. Exactly. <laughs> Be a lawful, a lawful murderer. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the difference. <laughs> that's the difference between first degree, second degree, and manslaughter, right? Oh, true. 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 Okay. So, unfortunately, uh, there isn't much left of the estate. Um, last time I was there, there's only a few outer walls. And to learn that there was a whole plantation behind it is crazy. None of that exists anymore. Mm -hmm. um, actually, last time I was there, I took a little tiny, tiny, tiny cornerstone. I'm not taking historical sites or anything. I took a little rock that I found on the floor that would have been the corner of a wall at one time. So I Ooh. do have that with me. And I am thankful that Julia's not a real ghost because she could be listening to me record right now. Yeah, I I ooh, I hesitate to take things from places. I'm just kind of like, oh, I don't know what energy this has, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think anything else, I normally wouldn't do that. But I loved this place so much. Mm. And, like, there really is so little of it left that it was more of a keepsake for something that's important to me. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. So anyway, we're going to pretend that that story all happened. Julia didn't marry the, a man that was cheating on her. Her brother killed him. And her brother went off and lived a wonderful life in England, okay? Okay. Okay. I like that story. See, this Good. is why I let you go first, because my story is so mixy and mashy. No, it's good. I like it. I like that you point out, like, um, what history does a lot with stories is that they'll take two things and kind of smash them together into one big story, but they're at two different times. Like, that's just what happens yeah. with history, you know? Well, and I think we're going to find a lot over the course of this podcast where a woman who is basically innocent is now only remembered because she didn't get married. Mm. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think we might be right. This was a spinster story that has now gone on for 200 years. Yep. 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 Yeah. Actually, actually like, I remember, uh, go ahead. I remember when I wrote this, which says how long we have been working on this podcast. Mm. Um, that letter from Peter Thomas Huggins was uh, written on August 1st, 1922. I was, and I went to my mom and I was like, mom, I'm writing this 200 years or a hundred years after it happened. Oh, wow. <laughs> like it's, and that says 1922. I think that's supposed to be 1822. Yeah. Not 18, yeah. Yeah. 1822. Cause I was working on it 
200 years after it happened, which is kind of yeah. crazy. Oh, that's crazy. I mean, as someone who likes a little bit of attention, it is kind of cool. Girl, we're still talking about you 200 years later, and we are defending you. Yeah, it's it's interesting that we both picked cases that are, like, uh, talking about the women in, like, people's and these men's lives, you know? Because we could just yeah. talk about the men, but no, we're both talking about the women and how they deserve to be remembered and talked about and brought to justice, you know? And, like done correctly yeah yeah well here's a fun one though so that time yes exactly exactly and told the right way yeah exactly um because this is not the story i was planning on telling but yeah Mm. that that was no my 13th birthday i went to eden brown and they actually had one of julia's descendants there oh um and i actually knew her i had no idea she was one of Julia, Julia's ascendants but she was telling a story um and I don't know how she's a descendant because if Julia never got married again yeah it must be well she must brother. have had more siblings as well because I just realized too where her brother go unless he had kids prior to disappearing yeah. yeah 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 um yeah so anyway she was saying how her family has a tradition and this is a nice tradition and I wish we had it as well for your six 16th birthday, you could take a trip anywhere you want. And they were living in the United States at the time, and she chose Nevis. And Aww. they wanted to have, there must have been some of the estate left at this time. Like, she was an older woman, so I would say mm. it happened a little while ago. Mm. And she didn't tell anyone before taking that trip, though. She went to a thrift store and bought a wedding dress. Oh. And the night of their party, she decided it'd be really funny to run around the estate in a white wedding dress. <laughs> Which I kind of wonder if that adds to why nobody put any upkeep into that place. They were like, no, I've seen the ghost. Let it fall. Let it go. We don't need this. No, I love that, though. That's just iconic. That's goals. (laughs) I absolutely love it. But like I said, we do not play with ghosts. That would have not have gone over well. However, of course, I'm there at 13 thinking that this lady's my idol. I love her. (laughs) What an icon. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like I said... Eden Brown was likely haunted, um, and even if her father was not a horrible person, like, I can't imagine being bad enough that history books have to write about you. Mm. Um, numbers change over 200 years, but I do recall reading a number that was 300 uh, somewhere, Jesus. which would make him, which would actually make this a story of a prolific serial killer. True. Um, but either which way we have such an old uh, like an old history I kind of wonder if any of those plantations like like I would just grow up and we'd go uh, pottery hunting in the plantation in the old plantations oh and I kind of wonder how often maybe I heard a goat or a monkey and it wasn't a goat or a monkey true 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 oh man yeah yeah. So I'm I'm gonna get an EMF reader next time I go home and run around the plantations and see if I can scare myself and make myself. Yeah. Cry. See, do like a little ghost hunting. 
So next time I go home, are you coming though? Because I'm not doing it myself. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but uh, 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 yeah, just give me a date. I'll be there. Totally awesome. We'll have to wait for <laughs> COVID prices to come back down. Oh my god, COVID pl- prices. Oh my god. Uh, we don't need to talk, talk about that. I still have PTSD from trying to leave China. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I feel like my story was shorter than yours. So I did add some personal experiences. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So my two ghost stories actually happened in the same hotel, which I'm not going to say the name, although it would not be hard to figure out which hotel it is. It is the biggest hotel on the island. Oh. Um, the first one was when my sister was really young. We were because st- we used to have to go over to the other island quite frequently. My dad had a TV show twice so, or once every other week that I would go across with him. And whenever he had like a conference or something that he was hosting, he'd have to obviously stay because he was hosting. So we mm. stayed at the hotel with him, and we were staying for one, and we ended up having to stay longer than we intended because a hurricane came in. We were in one room for the first three nights and then we moved to another room for the last two the first week room we were in every night around 10 o'clock my baby sis like she was a baby baby she would wake up and scream oh. every night at 10 o'clock and then we moved to the new room and there was no problem at all mm. and like it wasn't just the ah it was long enough that like both mom and i would sit there and be like what is happening? Should we wake her up? Like, what's happening? Yeah. But then she'll go back to sleep after. Oh. Yes. And then my other experience is actually for me. Um, And like I've already said it once, I am slightly dyslexic. So I do not recall if it was in room 306 or 309. Oh, yeah. Luckily, though, the reception girls were fantastic and they wouldn't put me in either room after this. Um. <laughs> I think I was about 17 and I was sleeping on the cot, the pull-out couch. And my sister had a cot that was pressed up against the um, table in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I woke up and my mom was sitting with my sister and she must have fallen asleep because her head was on the table. So I went up to go wake her because that's not going to be nice for her when she wakes up. I don't wake, I decided not to wake her like a normal person. I was just going to stick my face right up in hers and poke her cheek. <laughs> Except as I did that, that was a man that was not my mother. <gasps> I, was, I had my face right up in some man's face. No. Yep. So I did what any reasonable person would do. I ran into my parents' bed and he curled up at the foot of my, my dad's bed. Um, which my dad kicked me, told me go, to go back to my bed. So I spent the rest of the night under my own covers. But the next morning, I... I'm telling my mom this and she's telling me like that's obviously not possible because where the man would have been sitting he would have been sitting on my sister's head <laughs> so like everyone always says like could a drunk person have come into the room or something we were at a hotel it was a white person so it would have had to have been a tourist but like I said we would have woken up if someone had come into the room like they would have had to make quite a ruckus to get in right yeah and they would have been sitting on my sister's head it's surely she would have woke up oh my gosh and i'd oh. like to say it was some kind of like you know how your laundry pile looks like a person sometimes yeah i'd like yep. to say that but i got 
right up nose to nose because I thought it was my mother. I was just going to weirdly poke her and then scare her when she woke up in my face. And I got scared. Oh, God, that's that's terrifying. Yes. Yep. So, oh, my God. Yeah, so I've not been back in room 306 or 309, and every time we walked by it, I would say, like, no, no, I'm not going in that room ever. Oh. And, of course, like, I'd talk to people and ask them, you know, is there any chance there was anything happening on this in this area? But I couldn't find anything, and nothing really makes sense. Mm. Like I said, it was a white person, so that also cuts down what it could have been. Mm. Um, like, it's probably not, like, you know, the hotel was built on a burial ground is always a popular one, but it's like, it's also on a beach. Nobody buries near beaches because things that get washed away. Mm. Mm. And then we're out, we're on the third floor too, so. Yeah. Oh, oh, I have like yeah. chills. Oh God. Oh, I'm glad I can do that. Oh. <laughs> oh. And then I, I put out a request as well for, I messaged a couple people at home to see if we can get some personal stories. Uh, yeah. I messaged two guys. Hopefully, I would still, if you would allow me, I will do an update one day if they ever get back to me. Because yes, I, yes, yes. I really want stories to come out of our prison. I oh. know it's haunted. We yep. still do the death penalty. Mm. And unfortunately, life and death penalties there continue on. You're yep. a prisoner no matter what. So yep. even after you die, you're buried in the prison. Oh, ah, yes, ah, oh, yes, and like there is a portion I didn't see it while I was in there, but I I have been told, and like my dad's my dad's seen it. There is a portion that is a graveyard that people don't go to, <gasps> and I messaged two guys that are out, and they were like, "Yeah, no, totally, I've seen some crazy stuff happen there," and I was like, "Cool, tell me about it," and then I was left on red. Oh. So maybe one day that might be one of those things that I'll have to actually go home and talk to them. They won't type it out. I have to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. But I have a friend. She is a bit of a historian. I think, she, sorry, I think she is a historian. And I asked her about Brimstone Fortress, mm. which would be haunted. Um, it's a fortress. But there was also not too long ago... Actually, I shouldn't say that. I don't know when it happened, but there was a party and it flooded there and a lot of people died. Oh. So they're actually buried in Independence Square. Like, it was that bad. They did a mass grave in Independence Square. Oh. Yeah. Um, Whoa. But again, I don't have anything about that. However, she did tell me a little bit. Um, there is a YouTube video, which I would totally suggest you watch. Again, when we have a blog, I will add all of this. Yes. But she told me about a man who claims to have seen soldiers patrolling. Oh. So there's a house halfway up the hill. Like, it could have been a guardhouse. I'm not sure. But in the 30s, a man called Saunders lived there. And he said he'd heard sounds of boots patrolling. One night, he says a group of eight soldiers marched towards his house, then turned around and marched right back, which kind of sounds like patrol. Mm -hmm. Um. He said he was completely ignored because when he told people, the soldiers were black and people just kind of assumed, well, why would they be patrolling at a British fortress? Mm. However, um, 
there have been documents found, unfortunately, after this man has passed, so he can't do it, have his little aha moment. But in the late 18th century, there were, in fact, black regiments at the fortress. Oh. So he probably did see um, a group of soldiers patrolling. Oh. Yeah. Actually, my dad's favorite one there is we found, this is not a ghost story, it's an us story, but we found there's a um, old little graveyard, which is kind of hard to find. And he was there with a group of children he was taking, and they found a tombstone with a guy with our last name. Oh. He died of consumption. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But it was really cool to, to see. I mean, I think he was a Mac and or a Mick and not a Mac. But Oh yeah. Close enough. I was pretty happy. Yeah. Oh. That's cool. And that is my story. Hey. Clap, 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 clap. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, I'm pretty yeah. happy I gave you chills, and it wasn't even with the story I meant to give you chills with. Yeah, that, oh, personal growth stories, like, I'm just like, oh, okay. Luckily, <laughs> yeah. that is my only one. Um, Jamie and I have had, we have a painting of a church that kept mm. falling off the wall. Once we moved to Canada, it kept throwing itself off the wall. Oh, um, my brother threw salt all over it, and it hasn't done that since. Oh, <laughs> salt and sage, salt and sage. Yep. And I can't because it hangs right in front of the bathroom. And I heard it while I was in the bathroom. I heard it fall down. And as I opened the door, I couldn't leave the bathroom because my brother was too busy throwing salt on it. He was blocking out the door. <laughs> but you know what? If he felt that is what needed to be done, it hasn't come off the wall since. That's good. That's good. Uh, That's good. Yeah, and, like, my parents collect a ton of antiques, so there probably are things that I've just slept through. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they, my mom's got so many traditional masks. Something has to be attached to something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, I'm going to oh. get an EMF reader, but it will be off when I'm in my house. Yes. <laughs> Whatever is near me, I don't need to know about. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, uh, what is it? What's the quote? Uh, ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is amazing bliss. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and there's that time I thought I was being haunted in China. I was probably sleep deprived because of my cat. Mm, yes. But Penny made me a charm, and I have not had a problem since. It is still under my pillow. That's good. Good, good, good. Yeah. So that is it. Look at us. I think we've made it through our first episode. Yay! And we're at like an hour and a half, and once I edit us talking for half an hour prior to starting, we're, <laughs> we're probably doing pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think we should ask for some listener stories, though. Yes, yes. So if anyone has any interesting stories, we would love to do a segment about your travels. So you can write mm -hmm. us, tell us whatever you want, if you've got crime, if you've got ghosts whatever you want if you want to keep it anonymous say that beforehand because i'll probably slip up and read your name <laughs> yes but you can email us we've got an email at terrifying travels at gmail we've got an instagram terrifying travels on instagram and we have a twitter i think maddie you know how to use twitter right yes yes because i don't but we're tr terrifying trav there we're doing a little yes. cool thing where we're terrifying Trav. Trying to make sure. <laughs> no, and Twitter was just like, no, you can't have all of that. No, no, no. Yeah, of course. Or if you've got any suggestions, I think we've got 
five episodes planned so far. If you have anywhere yeah. you want us to go, let us know. Yes. yes, yes oh. We have a like season one kind of going on. Yes. Five to six episodes. Yeah. Um, and in the future, we will add destination destination suggestions, what we think you should do while you're there. But I think mm. we kind of covered our favorite places, didn't we? Yeah, 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 I would say so. Yeah. I love Brimstone Fortress. And for the most part, I don't think there are ghosts that are bothering <laughs> you too much. I have yeah. not heard patrolling men. Thanks for listening and stay terrified. Catch us next time in Manitoba, Canada. Bye. Bye.